Welcome to the ESPR podcast Inside Conflict with Moritz Ehrmann. So welcome to this second episode of ESPR's podcast Inside Conflict. And today we are going to talk about uh, a conflict context that has evoked uh, probably more attention uh, than any other conflict uh, in recent history namely the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, also widely considered as one of the world's most intractable conflicts. Numerous efforts to find a sustainable agreement between the parties have failed, despite high-profile international efforts, diplomatic pressure, and both state-led mediation efforts and a wide range of unofficial track conflict transformation efforts. This does not mean, however, that the conflict is frozen in place. It remains highly dynamic and new realities emerge. At the same time, there is a need to better understanding the reasons for past failures for resolving the conflict and possible ways forward. Over the course of the next uh, parts of, of Inside Conflict, we will be discussing uh, with our guests several different perspectives that can provide us some insights to conflict dynamics with an emphasis on identity-related matters, religious and secular, national and regional, which seem to have played a prominent role. With an eye to such elements, we will discuss current politics in Israel, its impact on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and on peacemaking efforts. So today I have the great pleasure of being here with uh, uh, Ofer Salzberg, who is the director of the Middle East program at the Herbert C. Kelman Institute. He is an Usher PhD fellow at uh, Trinity College Dublin, where he focuses on how conflict resolution addresses sanctity. And he teaches at a religious secular Beit Madrash on the interplay between Jewish tradition and modern sovereignty. Good to be with you. Thank you very much, Moritz. Likewise. Then I also have the pleasure uh, of, of being here today with uh, Mr. Jeff Sol, who is a lecturer on the practice of peace at Harvard Divinity School and the co-chair uh, of the Peace Appeal, an international conflict transformation NGO. Good to be with you. Likewise. Thank you. And then uh, here's also with us uh, Dr. Carlo uh, Altrovandi, who is Assistant Professor in Religions, Conflict and Peace Studies at Trinity College Dublin. And his research focuses on the role of religion in Middle East politics and the Israel-Palestinian peace processes. Hello. Hi. So coming to our first uh, question in this episode, uh, inside of ASPR inside conflict, uh, focusing on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Um, let us turn to uh, probably the most uh, significant recent development, which have which have been uh, the establishment of a new uh, government in Israel, um, namely, of course, a coalition government. Um, that uh, is probably unlike any other coalition uh, elsewhere in the world. Um, 
and that of course brought uh, an end to Israeli politics uh, dominated by uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, um, and which of course brought to together different sides that were, would usually be uh, in opposition. So, um, can you make can you help us make sense? Uh, of this unique uh, composition of the new uh, Israeli uh, government. Um, who would like to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Thank you very much. Um, the coalition is made up of uh, eight different political parties. As you said, they are extremely heterogeneous, uh, ideologically in terms of their constituencies, left-leaning and right-leaning, secular and religious, more socialist, more capitalist, um, a, a Palestinian Arab party, um, a pro-settler party, pro-two-states parties, and really there are numerous uh, contradictions within the coalition. And at the same time, despite this high heterogeneity, um, many parts of Israel are actually excluded from the coalition. It's often missed um, from the outside. So all of the ultra-Orthodox parties are sit outside of the coalition. The Kud, Israel's largest party, is outside of the coalition and the most conservative parts of religious Zionism are outside. Uh, and this is a unique thing in two senses. First, this is the first time that Israel has a coalition in which uh, an Arab party is a member of the coalition, of the governing coalition. Uh, and not only that, it is a party that when you go to their offices, you see on the wall the poster of Hassan al-Banna, founder of the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, and they do this in a government led by the former um, director general of the Yesha Council, the most significant pro-settler body in Israel. And secondly, it's unprecedented um, in the sense that uh, it has such a high degree of heterogeneity that it needs to it needs to learn one crucial thing: how can you design policies in a way that works for people with very different values, very different beliefs. Um, and if you don't learn how to operate this muscle, then most probably this coalition will collapse. It has 61 out of 120 members of the Knesset, of the Israeli parliament, and it's enough for one or two of them to pull out the plug and the whole building collapses. Um, this is where we are for now. Jeff, would you like to add anything to this indeed very interesting and, and yet so complicated uh, setup that uh, you find currently in the Israeli government? Well, I'm an outsider to the context, obviously, but I've uh, spent uh, many years uh, working with uh, insiders on conflict resolution activities there. I think it's uh, undeniably an extremely interesting development. It, uh, as Ofer just mentioned, uh, there's a broad diversity of, of worldview perspectives in the coalition, and also many that are excluded. Uh, what seems new here is the, the sort of side-by-side uh, -side collaboration among uh, more religiously conservative uh, parties, and uh, it remains to be seen, but, uh, but this, is, uh, this is certainly a, a new and potentially promising development for you know, long-term conflict transformation efforts, uh, past, uh, past efforts to resolve the conflict have, uh, have been less inclusive of such parties. So this is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Um, Carlo, what, what do you have uh, to add to this discussion? 
Uh, not very much more because I think already Jeff and Offer already, you know, discuss uh, the major development. I think it's very unprecedented, also in, in view of the different worldviews represented in the government. So it is entirely unprecedented, and there might be potential that uh, could reverberate on the, the peace process. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, this is to be to be hoped for. I mean, this 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 element of uh, of having sort of uh, both. Uh, Sides of the very extreme uh, spectrum represented in this in, this, in, in one government, uh, so the settlers on one side and, and then uh, an Arab-Israeli uh, party that uh, uh, has its root in the, as you mentioned, in the Muslim Brotherhood. This is of course something extremely interesting, and it's it's. Um, I mean, there's many other elements to this government, of course, many other many other sides, many other parties, but uh, as you've pointed out, of course, this is, of course, a very interesting element to, to focus on. Um, so maybe my next question would be, um, <clears throat> uh, so sort of these um, two sides now being uh, represented in, in one government and having to, to try, of course, to come up uh, with common uh, solutions to, to the many problems that, uh, that the country uh, faces, like any other country, of course. Um, what uh, might this mean uh, for the broader picture of uh, Jewish uh, Arabs uh, Arab relations uh, within Israel, and of course, especially against the, the backdrop uh, of the violence that uh, that took place inside of Israel, uh, sort of in the uh, uh, aftermath or in the in the, uh, the merge of the of the. Uh, Gaza-Israel uh, fighting uh, last May. Um, Bobo, you want to start again? <laughs> mm, sure. Um, so we are seeing a massive uh, change in terms of budget allocation as a result of this cooperation. Um, many parts of uh, Israel's Arab communities have been uh, neglected uh, budget-wise and discriminated uh, historically. And uh, there is a, an effort now to rectify some of that, which I think is very significant. Um, we see in particular um, an attempt to end the neglect of the criminal phenomenon that has developed in the last 20 years, in which there are more and more illegal firearms in the hands of Arab citizens of Israel, with very dire consequences for Arab society in Israel. We've seen gangs killing each other, um, and the police uh, not, not doing enough, in fact, in order to curb this uh, phenomenon. Um, and we are seeing that um, these policies are also going to some extent to more symbolic achievements, that is to say, not only allocating money. Um, this is perhaps most obvious in um, the way in which the government has recognized uh, and legalized the three hitherto unrecognized Bedouin villages in the Negev. And this resonates also within um, the Palestinian national perspective. Um, uh, We will see whether um, more will take place, uh, meaning whether uh, more more symbolic achievements will be accumulated. Uh, This will be crucial uh, in terms of understanding whether um, Ra'am, the Arab-Palestinian party that is in the coalition, will be viewed as having joined the coalition, an Israeli coalition, legitimized it, given more legitimacy to Israel, while it continues to control the West Bank and Gaza. Um, only for money, 
or does he do it also to advance the Palestinian national cause? Does he do it also in alignment with Islamic principles? This is a decisive question. And on the side of the um, Jewish party, uh, we are seeing um, also that a taboo has been broken, I think, historically. Mm-hmm. It would be very difficult to put this uh, sort of uh, genie back into the box. Uh, we are in a situation in which both former Prime Minister Netanyahu and current Prime Minister uh, Bennett and Lapid uh, have given their support to a coalition in which there is an Arab party. And um, from that point of view, this is not just a historical moment, but probably a watershed in Israeli, the history of Israeli politics. Um, and the major challenge for these uh, partners is to see whether they can really calm down um, these growing, this growing tensions between Arabs and Jews within Israel. Um, I'm sure my colleagues can speak more about the importance of, of symbolic gestures, of, of all kinds of challenges that relate to, to mixed cities, but not mixed cities, to mm-hmm. what happens when there are escalations outside. So, so I can just say, um, if they don't do this and there is another escalation, perhaps the, the entire coalition is in peril. If they do this, then also the future of not only this coalition, but Jewish Arab um, cooperation in Israel would, would enjoy uh, success. No, I just comment on Alpha because the last escalation uh, in May uh, was also had also reverberation within Israel, exacerbating a cleavage between uh, Jewish community and Arab community. So I think that new government might have an opportunity to address this cleavage within Israel. Masur Abbas' agenda is really focused on tackling this important issue around social integration, uh, social equality. So I think it might be an opportunity in disguise, an opportunity in disguise to, to tackle this. I think this is a really important set of insights, and particularly, well, I mean, if, if, if we've just seen an example of how these uh, parties at different ends of the spectrum supposedly can uh, collaborate, as uh, Ofer and Carlo are pointing out, we've also seen an example of how quickly it can evolve into uh, violence and the uh, that tends to happen around highly symbolic uh, y- you know elements of the conflict and the party's understanding of themselves and uh, I think the parties need to work harder to understand that and there's a symbiotic relationship between their cooperation and achievements on uh, on sort of more material, practical, mundane, on the ground things, and their attention to these symbolic uh, flashpoints and issues. Well, they need to succeed on both fronts together, I believe. Thank you very much. I mean, this was already a very interesting discussion and probably concludes our first uh, part. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, peacemaking uh, and how, how all of this, uh, what all of this means for that. Um, in the next in the next part so thank you very much for now subscribe to our podcast or visit the website insideconflict.com for more information about the work of the ASPR visit aspr.ac.at until next time